everybody, welcome to episode 316 of RPG Cast for the week of August 9th, 2014. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with RP Gamer's live streaming podcast on the interwebs on Twitch.tv, the site that loves to hate its users, taking a good cue from YouTube. Ooh, thanks for hosting us, Twitch. Looking forward to having to find a replacement soon. I'm joined by Anna Marie Privetier. Good morning. Who I almost said Newfeld again. Snark. It's old habits die really hard. <laughs> and we've been married for over a year. What it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. It's uh, during the podcast intro. You're Anna Marie Newfield. <laughs> How long did it take you to stop calling me Anna Marie Whitehead? Uh, I think you booched that for a while too. Yeah, but not this long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and also with us, England's owned John Yearworth. Hi. What I, is a year worth? Well, funnily enough, there's there's a story behind that. Oh. Um, the story is is my dad was born with the surname Drain, spelled D-R-A-N-E, which is apparently a traditional London surname. However, when he uh, got his PhD in astrophysics, he did not want to be called Doctor Drain. So oh, that's like a his... supervillain name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he got his name changed by Deepol. <laughs> to Yearworth, he chose Yearworth. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was silly too, and then okay. I ended up getting saddled with it. I Dr. kind of actually train. I, he I passed kind of, up such opportunity. I actually kind of prefer um, my second middle name, which is my mum's surname, which is Wilkinson. Wilkinson, John Wilkinson, John Wilkinson Booth. Wait, that's wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, equate me with the guy who shot Abraham Lincoln. That's nice. I, I'm just saying, you know, it, it might be appropriate. We've got Lincoln Force coming out eventually, and uh, or was it Project Steam? Same thing, right? We got. It's a, uh, what's everyone been playing this week? Hey. Smooth. <sighs> yeah. It's Chris, real, real smooth. smooth. John, have you been playing anything? He asked him. Oh, am I, am I first? Yeah, let's hey, make you first enough, this week. Funnily enough, actually, in addition to the list I've got there, I did actually start replaying Bioshock Infinite recently. Infinite? Yes. Have, are you playing through, like, Burial at Sea and stuff like that? Uh, I'm still some way through Episode 1 of Burial at Sea, but I decided to actually play the main game again. I read well. some summaries of what they did with that DLC. It's pretty wild where the story went. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... In fact, in the interest of going back to um, old games, um, I also started replaying Mass Effect 3 recently. Ooh, um, I just refinished that. <laughs> yeah, I, I finished it yesterday. I, I picked up, because I had never done the Omega and Leviathan DLC. Um, so I basically, I loaded up my old save, did those, and then finished the game again, because I hadn't seen any of the uh, changes. Well, you, you got the, did you do the Shore Leave DLC? Yes, and yeah, Omega. I've had yeah. I've had Citadel for a while. Okay, good. I played I played that a little while all ago. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, Leviathan yeah, I, should have been in the main game. Yes, it probably <laughs> should have been. But I don't know. After having refinished the game again, I kind of can't really bring myself to hate the ending anymore. But they didn't I, fix it. Well, they slightly I know, improved I, it. I was always of the I was always of the opinion. I never really kind of hated the ending. What, oh, okay. I, what the what the ending I kind of felt was was just a lot of wasted potential. I felt like they I felt um, like they were going for a cool sci-fi make you think ending and just botched the execution at every single turn. 
Yeah, although for that said, though, only the ending. The rest of Mass Effect 3 is a yeah. brilliant game. Absolutely. Um, but I think after, um, while it may not make you think, uh, I mean, the very least was mm, satisfied with, because um, I took the synthesis ending, which yeah. I kind of feel like is the kind of ending you, you, you should pretty much aim right, for. Right, right. Um, I don't know. It, it, it may not be fantastic. It may not be what the original ending was um, leading up to. You know, the one before Drew, Cop, Shin, Quit, the Mass Effect series. But it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of ended it with just like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm kind of happy with this. You know, it, it can end here and I'm not going to grumble about it kind of thing. Mm. And I do still still think the ending could have been a lot, lot better, but I, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I do think it's bad, but I agree with you. I like where they were going and they could have made something good there <laughs> i just don't think yeah. they did <laughs> yeah i think they could i still think there are, there are definitely things that could have been done better a lot of things actually but <laughs> <laughs> even so i mean um, at least I, after the credits show us blasto 8 or something come on i mean um and what i then did was um i hacked together a, a mass effect 2 save with different outcomes Ooh. and then started playing through mass effect 3 again i love I save can't... hacking that is well, one of my I, favorite I, parts I really of pc be, I, mostly because i just can't be asked to um uh play through mass effect 1 and 2 again <sighs> i mass already effect pretty one know. could be fun but uh, having to go through two again just to get to three and then eh, i don't know well, actually, you say. I mean, you say it's quite limited to um, uh, PC stuff, but um, it is possible to uh, hex edit PS3 games. Uh, game says. Oh, okay. It takes quite a lot of effort to do it, <laughs> but it is possible. It's certainly possible. Um, that's what else I've been playing. Um, bit of Final Fantasy XIV. I say that. I think I say that every week. I'm on here now, um, and also um, I picked up. Um, the Elite Dangerous beta. Uh, I was a Kickstarter beta backer for Elite Dangerous, but I backed to the level that didn't give me access to any of the alpha or beta tests for it. Oh. Um, but I bought into the beta for, I, don't know, I can't remember what it was, an additional 10, 15 quid, something like that. I saw a and, quick look of that this week. It looks pretty. Oh, yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah, um, um, we're actually part of a Twitch TV channel, or we're part of a Twitch TV team. Hero Harmony, and Hero Harmony himself has actually been playing a lot of this game. On Who's stream. part of that team? We are. Are gamer? We are. Yeah. Then why does it say we're on Extra Life team? Uh, did it switch us back again? <laughs> you might want to go fix that. Um, but you know, I, I kind of realized that with another, with a couple of space sims on the horizon, um, being Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. Well, no, um, now hold on. The the term horizon for Star Citizen, I don't think that's a fair term to use. What would you prefer? Distant I, frontier. I, I, <laughs> I would I would prefer undiscovered country, actually. <laughs> Eventually one day we might see something of that game, but for now it's seventy five dollar ships that you can't do anything with, but you can purchase. Alright, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, aside from the bits that are playable. What what is that in in your hangar, right? The hangar and the dogfighting stuff. Oh, okay. Well, that's something. But I mean, the important thing is, I actually did actually finally decide to go out and get a proper controller for oh, this. Oh, which one did you get? Let's look it up. Uh, the X fifty two Pro. X fifty two Pro. What brand is that? Cytec. 
Cytec. That's the brand I always hear people talk about for flight sticks. Okay, pro it is a control system. Excuse me, it is not a flight stick. <laughs> it's probably because it also includes a throttle lever. Oh, look at that. And an LCD screen on it. Yep. Multifunction display, precision centering, dual spring mech. How much is this thing by now? Oh, it's about 120 quid. Oh, that's. Their online store in the U.S. is sold out. I guess. I yeah, the um, basically the it's assumed that um, with elite beta uh, with the elite dangerous going into public beta, along with um, the Star Citizen getting its uh, dogfighting module released, I think cleaned out Cytex warehouses. This is incredible able... looking. Is this like the best stick there is on the market or something? Oh or... no no no! These things are basically at the top end or top end of the cheap range. What? Um. Because there's Cytec do a stick called the Warthog. I think it's the Warthog. Oh, no. Which is something like $400. And then there's the stuff for rivet counting simulator enthusiasts, which are more. A lot more. Rivet counting? Yes. Rivet counting simulator enthusiasts. What is a rivet counting? I I don't know what that means. A rivet counting enthusi- uh, simulator enthusiast is the sort of person who would play a simulator so they can count the number of bolts. <laughs> well, like on the stuff inside the game, like, oh, that's an inaccurate number of bolts on that plane. Yes. How dare they? <laughs> okay. Yes, pretty much. All right. A Hotus Warthog. Um, oh, geez. That doesn't have an LCD display, but it has lots of little f- switches you can flip. Yeah. That looks yeah, that- cool, too, to play with. That one's, I think, uh, they kind of go up from there sort of thing in sort of crazy complexity. Um, The thing I like about the X-52, at least, is the kind of, I really like how the throttle lever works. It it just kind of fits fits a uh, left hand very Uh well. Quinn, this Warthog thing is on a site, Thrustmaster.com, and now I've clicked their products button and I'm seeing all these really nice steering wheels. John... I want a steering wheel. I, I shouldn't buy a steering wheel. Yeah, what you probably you, don't need one. What have you done to me? I don't want, but I want I mean, one. The thing about buying this was I realized not only could I use it for the two space sims that I'm kind of waiting for, which is Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, but there's actually a couple of other games I can think of where it might actually be um, you know, pretty useful. Stuff like um, Strike Suit Zero, Kerbal Space Program. Um, I don't know if that would help with Kerbal Space Program, would it? Well, I mean... It might. Okay. I'd like to try. Okay. Because the way the um, the uh, the thing I really like about the mapping in Elite Dangerous is um, there's like a um, uh, like a sort of hat switch on the backside of the thruster lever. So basically, roughly where your pointing your, your left pointy finger is, mm-hmm. um, and it uses that for uh, four directional thrust movement, which makes landings really easy. Um, and I was thinking that if I use this for Kerbal, uh, that would actually make a really good uh, translation RCS thruster switch. You know, for four-directional movement when doing docking maneuvers. That sort of thing. I could get a set of pedals that has a clutch on it. Uh, actually, I think the... Because um, uh, um, Elite Dangerous comes with an X-52 Pro mapping by itself. Huh, oh. Yeah. Um, and I think if you if you actually have a set of rudders, um, it will actually pick those up as well, like foot Wait. pedals. So I could use my racing foot pedals for the for the flighty game too. Oh yeah, 
Because it would map them, I think, to... I think oh, look at that. Left, oh, look right. at that. Oh, look at that. You could... SciTech has some, too, I think. Oh, that's um, weird. But the, uh, the the funny thing is, is the in-game... Uh, apparently, um, the, the uh, Dave Braben, the guy who's uh, the executive producer of Elite Dangerous, uses an X52 Pro um, and modeled the... Uh, how the, the cockpit model looks in-game after it. Oh, well, that seems so like a, a good choice. Uh, dis- you know, a good direction for which one you should get. Mm. And then you can get uh, the SciTech Pro flight rudder pedals, which cost another hundred and forty-three dollars. Yeah, I'm not going for any of the pedals. I I don't think I. But you can adjust that. their tension. What What do you do with the fl- What do pedals do? I don't even know. Because you you your thrust is defined by the the stick. So what do you do? Or the throttle. So what do the pedals do? I don't know how to fly. I think for um, I think they're actually rudder pedals. Actually, I don't know what. Yeah, a, what does that mean? What is things? a rudder pedal? As in left-right movements. Without With your feet. Run. Yeah. Well, then, what do you use the stick for? Other maneuvers. <laughs> Other maneuvers, of course. Okay. Well, I must. I, I say I've tried out the um, in both Star Citizen and uh, Elite Dangerous. You have to do a little bit more effort in Star Citizen at the moment, but um, the uh, both. Actually, dogfighting with with a stick throttle setup um, is actually really fun. Kind of, I, I've never been particularly big on um, like controllers, especially for PC games. Uh, I kind of understood them as I wouldn't say necessarily say a necessary evil for console games, but you know, I kind of I've been a traditionally historical PC gamer. But when I was younger and space sims were common, um, I just. Um, I didn't have the money to buy a joystick back then, and I didn't play a lot of games that would use one, and I kind of settled into comfortable keyboard mouse territory. Right. Um, but now that you know the genre might actually be coming back. I, I hey, I bought about- a stick for Tie Fighter. It was an inexpensive stick, but it, it worked just the same, and it was very important to the experience of that game. It and yeah, its little I, rubber I, suction cut feet that kept coming up. Oh yeah, this, these this, these things both the both parts of this have suction cup feet. Uh, they don't stick very well to my table. You should rivet to them to your table for the rivet counting. Well, if I still had a right armrest, I should probably find some way of just sort of tying both of them to those. Hmm. But I only have a left armrest. I accidentally snapped the right one off. Oh, ouch! Whoops. Yeah, that hurt. So I'm noticing you can spend five dollars for paint jobs for Elite Dangerous. Can you? Oh, oh yeah, they have an online store. Some paint jobs are only three fifty, because you know that matters since you can't see it while you're flying the ship. Yeah, because they haven't programmed an external view in yet. <laughs> I just mm. okay. So well, to get this game, well, it's fifty bucks. This doesn't seem like a fifty dollar game to me yet. Is it a fifty dollar game? Like, is it worth fifty dollars yet? Well, I mean, I think isn't fifty dollars the price to pay for the game when it comes out? I don't know. That's what, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what have you played of this thing? We haven't even talked about playing it. Oh well. The thing about Elite Dangerous is, I think it's designed to basically be, at the very least, Elite Two, but with. Well, let's assume uh, nobody on the podcast right now knows what the Elite games are, because okay, I think so, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the original Elite was you start off with a terrible spacecraft that you can't upgrade. With like 100 credits out in the middle of butt fuck nowhere, okay, and you just have to earn money. 
It was a fairly simple game for its time, given it was released in, what, 1984 or something? Oh, jeez. Um, Elite basically started the space trading sim. Oh, and, okay. And is also one of the earliest, um, like, space combat games, period. This is like a Galaxy on Fire game, then, right? No? Yeah, except Galaxy on Fire is an Elite clone. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and... Um, the original game featured uh, top top of the range wireframe graphics in black and white. <laughs> top of the range wireframe. All right. Um, and the entire universe, I think, was compressed into of seven galaxies or something was compressed into something like seven hundred kilobytes of information. Whoa! It was it was actually a a fairly spectacular feat of programming at the time, considering um, like what they had available to them. Uh, yeah, Elite was first published nineteen eighty four for what was it for yeah the bbc micro and the acorn electron seven galaxies one floppy yeah probably uh, a lot more fame might be a lot more famous in england elsewhere because the it was originally programmed by two brits um uh, according to wikipedia served as a model for later releases including wing commander privateer technically grand theft auto eve online freelancer the x series wait wing commander oh privateer yeah, yeah, Wing Commander Privateer. <laughs> and, you make it sound uh, like just you're let it go, and let it go. <laughs> things like um, uh, No Man's Sky, if we're going one. Oh, and yeah, the original game completely black, wireframe graphic. It did do 3D, but of course, wireframes. There, there was no textures, none okay. whatsoever. Hmm. Um, so what they've done is basically just given the game a massive sort of overhaul, new look of paint. Um, their intention is to try and model, um, I think it's like the local solar neighborhood to, I don't know, 20,000 light years or something. Like, so all of the stars on the star map, at least in the local area are all actual stars kind of thing. Hmm. Um, but the rest of the galaxy is procedurally generated. I think... Uh, it's kind of interesting. It, it, it's often thought that the only reason the Elite series kind of did procedurally generate the galaxy, and a couple of the previous games in the series did do this, was humans haven't actually colonized out that far in the game's story. Um, they've just kind of procedurally generated the galaxy just to kind of prove that they can, and that in case someone is actually mad enough to go out and look. There's nothing out, there's, there is nothing out there. You know, you might find some, you know undiscovered planets here and there but there is no settlements mm-hmm. um you know there's no other reason to go out there well, this is a trading sim right can't you go get resources or something um well you can get resources provided there's settlements to get resources uh, from so you can't the re- mine the way- well i think that is actually intended to i think you can i think that's going to be uh one of the features in game again game's still in beta so um not everything's in there Oh, and Stellar King's right. It was on the ZX Spectrum in the Commodore 64 oh, as well. Um, it was on every... I mean, there was a... I mean, it was on... It was ported to IBM PCs eventually, the original. And the IBM PC version actually had graphics. Still the same old game. I think all they did was they added some color and put some textures in. What this does kind of mean, though, is um, the space stations are basically as they were in the original game. In the original game, the space stations were like dodecahedron-shaped rotating space stations. Mm-hmm. They weren't 
they weren't kind of the, what you might think of when you say space stations, but uh, they've basically been ported across, given a, a, a massive graphical overhaul, and then they just sort of sit there rotating in space. And you do actually, you will have to... Uh, <laughs> Actually, there is a switch to to make sure you, you can compensate for the rotation, but <laughs> docking is is a is a challenge. It is one of the, it's the thing that you have to learn how to do. And to be honest, it's the thing that you had to learn how to do back in when the original was released in 1984. Was learning how to dock with a slowly rotating space station. <laughs> and if you don't do it, well, you know. You Why slam does into... a space station slowly rotate? And generate gravity. But wouldn't it need to quickly rotate to generate enough force for gravity? Uh, if it slowly rotates, it generates a uh, sort of, you know, a, say what, 0.2G or something? Okay. Yeah, the faster you spin, the more gravity you generate. But you yeah, I just wouldn't it. think yeah. they're... Yeah, I know. I just don't know that they're j- spinning fast enough to generate 9.8 meters a second. But Well, they I don't. Doing? They often okay. don't. They, they usually spin to generate like 0.2 or something. Oh, geez. Or 0.4. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't get full Earth gravity on one of these things. On they'd be going whizz. Um, so yeah, it's the thing about, of course, the thing about it being a beta is there's not um, out of a promised number of systems. I think only. Oh, okay, God. well, let's talk about the systems for a second. Because one of the things that I like about this game is that the HUD in the game is like the actual HUD of the ship. So it's like you're sitting in the ship and looking at the controls you'd use in the ship, and it's all. Yep. Hel- um, holographic displays that are projected from the ship for the pilot to use, and that's yeah, what you're apparently, using. Apparently, the game is absolutely amazing on the Oculus Rift for that oh, reason. Oh yeah, oh, it supports the, Oculus. Yeah, it does oh, out of the God. box as well. Okay, that's cool. Because <laughs> um, what I have to do on my controller is, um, if you imagine where the um, my, uh, the stick is on my right hand, the main fire switch is on my right pinky. But there's a lower switch on my. Uh, Sorry, right pointy finger. On my right pinky, there's a small switch at the bottom, which then allows me to use one of the hats to look elsewhere in the cockpit. On the Oculus Rift, you can just look to either side of the the main cockpit display, and it shows the um, additional windows on the Mm -hmm. side. You just have to glance at them, and it will open them for you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And I, I, um, they got this holographic radar that I, I still don't understand after having watched it for a while. And you got the status of your ship on the right side and its hull and shields. And on the left side, your target being displayed holographically. And you got like all these bars because you can put all the systems like all power to shields and all power to weapons and all that stuff. Oh. Well, the, one of the things you can do is um, you can uh, do the trick where you can shut off your... Uh, drive emissions at the expense oh. of warming your ship up. As oh. in, you can um, rig your ship for silent running, which mm-hmm. reduces drastically reduces your radar signature. Um, but you also have the Mass Effect problem, where if you leave your other sh- other systems online during that time, um, it eventually builds up the heat inside your ship until it overheats and explodes. Oh. Oops. <laughs> you know, you basically cook yourself alive. But mm-hmm. if you if you rig yourself for silent running, so you turn your emissions off and but also shut down all of your other systems as well, particularly your drives, so basically you make yourself a mobile in space, um, it doesn't cause that heat buildup and you can basically just sit there silently. Um, and I imagine this will probably come into play with things like um, asteroid field ambushes. And I should probably point out that the asteroid fields in this game look amazing. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, what? So, is this it, an MMO? Hmm. 
I'm just trying to think what the what the appropriate word to use for it would be that kind of says that no, it's not quite an MMO, but it does have. It's almost like multiplayer instancing. Okay, because I mean, the, if you're going to ambush people, you need other people to be coming by who aren't part of your you know party or group, right? Yeah. Now, from what I understand is when you set the game to online mode, it basically um, populates your surrounding area with other people. Um, I think there is a maximum number that can go up to at the moment, which I think is 32. Um, but what it does is I think it just kind of um, it's more like a kind of positional interactions through peer-to-peer sharing and some sort of central server connection. I'm not quite sure how the whole thing works. Mm-hmm. But I have seen um, players are differentiated on your radar from NPCs. They're, the boxes on the radar are hollow if they're players, if they're full, so they're full color, uh, then they're NPCs. Um, but what I was going to say was, um, so what? one of the things that they changed from the previous games was, obviously the previous games were single player, which meant that in Elite 2 and Frontier First Encounters, um, the when you use things like hyperspace and traveled from um, system to system, there was, uh, the hyperspace did um, allow you to exceed the speed of light, but it um, also induced quite a heavy time dilation effect as well, um, in that that game had a way, basically a, a way to speed time up. Um, so when you were traveling from in, inside a system, so you weren't using the hyperspace in that game, um, you basically had to turn on a time acceleration, which meant that um, basically your um, journey, as it were, could actually take several months of in-game time just to count the time that you were drifting between uh, two planets inside a system at sort of half light speed or something. I, I can't remember the, the specifics. What what they've had to do now, because um, Elite Dangerous is a multiplayer game, it's not an MMO, but it is a multiplayer game, they had to kind of make a concession that time acceleration and stuff wouldn't work. Um, so they've instead implemented a system where, yeah, okay, guys, you know, we will let you go faster than the speed of light inside a solar system. Um and uh, the reason why I bring that up is, um, and the reason why I mentioned the um, the asteroid field stuff earlier was um, the supercruise system, which is what you use outside of hyperspace for in-system travel, is interrupted by mass by other large masses, so other ships, um, planets, so on. So basically, it's impossible to supercruise into a planet because the drive cuts out before you hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I did was um, I actually supercruised into the rings of a gas giant in most other games i know if you're traveling um when you're in some kind of like fast travel mode you would have probably just ignored it you know they switch collision detections off or something in elite dangerous my super cruise engine cut out due to the mass detecting and i basically warped out on the lower barrier of a massive ring asteroid field you know imagine the rings of saturn up close you know just thousands and thousands and thousands of small rocks ouch yeah and well, I didn't crash, but I, I actually flew through them at normal speed and then supercruised out the other side. Oh, okay. But it looked amazing. <laughs> you know, just drifting slowly through this, um, you know, thin layer of uh, thin layer of rocks with a massive gas giant in the background. It was, um, yeah. So, what can you do in the game right now? 
Uh, you can trade, you can shoot people, you can explore a lot, you can explore a bit because there are some like, I don't know, 30, 50 systems in or something. Um, there are several ships that have, that have been implemented, um, but they are going to be wiping everyone's, uh, credit balances when the game goes to release. So which, which is when? Uh, late this year. Oh, okay. Um, their release date has been fairly, uh, consistently been sort of November 2014. Cool. And the beta will be right. I think in October, November, and the beta will run till then. So there's enough to sort of play around with. Whew, I have to think about this one. <laughs> Looks cool. You uh, you've been playing anything else? Because that seems um, like enough, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been talking about that for what fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. Star Citizen, I, I just mentioned because, again, it's one of the games that I tried out with the stick. And, yeah, that's pretty fun. But, again, all they've got at the moment is multiplayer arena fighting. So, Well, that's something. And that you can spend a lot of money on ships to take uh, into that? Um, well, they've only implemented three ships so far. So. Oh, okay. Great. Is that a game where if you lose your ship, you lose it? Or do you keep it after, if you die? Oh, uh, that's a complicated question. Oh, okay. Because if you're paying real money for it, that would suck if you actually lost it after that. Yeah. That's a complicated question. You're like, I can't get into it, Chris. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it would require me to explain, I think, how how they've got at least the insurance system in place. And oh. even then, I'm not really quite sure about how that, some of that works. So, All I know is... Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying if you don't have insurance and you bought this $75 ship, you could lose it? Uh, Yes. Oh, that's... Oh, I don't want this game. All right. <laughs> I think I said I, I'm not clear on some of the specifics of the oh, system man. myself. Oh, All I know is is that because I backed Star Citizen way back when it was actually on Kickstarter, yeah. um, the stuff the stuff that I got back then is immune from that clause because it has lifetime insurance. Oh, okay. So the 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 stuff basically TLDR the stuff that I spent money on can always be replaced as far as I'm aware. So Kickstarter's pay to win. Of course. <laughs> Spend $8,000 on it on Kickstarter. You'll have everything you ever need. Forever. Anna Marie. Yes. What you been playing? Um, Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Okay, you already beat that. Yes. How can you be playing that? Um, because when we had all of our stuff stolen, we're replacing it. And I figured I might as well replay games <laughs> as we're replacing them. <laughs> it's just as we buy them, you're like, I'm going to play that again. Yep. Okay. And then um, you bought me a game last night. I did! Um, Style Savvy Trendsetters. That's right. It's For the fun. 3DS. <laughs> um, it's stupid and it's fun. <laughs> ah! I knew it! <laughs> stupid and fun. Yeah, it's just you have what a do shop you do? and you coordinate outfits with people and you have to stay within their budget and then you have the money that you earn from the shop and you have to go buy more clothing with it and there's a finite amount of clothing you can have in the shop so you have to make sure you balance between tops and bottoms and accessories and shoes and purses so it's a store simulation game yes and so like uh think your hometown story i guess no no okay better <laughs> So <laughs> not comparable. Oh, okay, okay. So you've you've got a shop. What's it called? 
Um, the closet. Oh, boo. C-L-A-W-S-E-T. Who would have thought of that? You. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, I want, I want, I want, uh. I want status reports of Style Savvy every week until you beat it or, <laughs> okay. or buy everything or something. <laughs> well, I'll, you know, I think I've actually just unlocked the DLC, so I'll have to go in and it's see what I can purchase. One of those games I was listening to on like multiple podcasts where people were mentioning that it was like a casual game uh, aimed at a casual audience, but it's like a really good game. I'm like, well, that's the stuff Anna plays on her iPad all the time. I got to get this for her. She'll probably like it. It's fun. I do like it. Aha! Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. And I have been playing, and I was hoping Manny would be here today to talk about it with me, but uh, we've been playing Monster Hunter Freedom Unite on iOS. And uh, that's actually really addictive. It's all I've been playing this week is Monster Hunter. Not Divinity, not any of the stuff that I should be playing for my little E3 2004 thing. Um, that should I should I, be done with now, moving on to 2005, but no one's... Should I say that I've been playing Harvest Moon? <laughs> yeah. I've been playing Harvest Moon in the Lost Valley. <laughs> okay. Yes, and you've got it. You're playing a dev copy. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing, like, the alpha. Yeah, well, yeah, it's an in-development copy, but yeah. Okay. It's fun because um, it's interesting to see the way that um, incompleted games are layered together. So, um, for example, one of the things that happens in the Lost Valley is you dream when you go to sleep. And right now, not all of the dreams have the correct graphics that go with them. (laughs) So it's like, I got a dream that it's like, I dreamed of a wonderful wintry day. And it was like the scene from fall. Nice. So it's we've been going, Adam and I, who's the localizer at Natsume, have been going back and forth about how we want to phrase a bunch of things and stuff. So it's been fun. Um, let's see. So yeah, I've been playing monster hunter on IO I on iPad and we've been having a lot of fun get, um, just grinding out armor and playing online with ran with a random stranger named, um, Eric and shout outs to Eric. He's pretty good. And what else? Um, it's really fun. So if you want to play a monster hunter game, um, I recommend it. I'm enjoying it. Um, problem is, that sometimes, some points of the day, the um, the online rooms don't have enough people for you to join up with a mission, and that's uh, that's disappointing. But there's plenty of single player missions that you can do in the in the meantime. Um, so it's this is all getting me psyched for the upcoming early 2015 release of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate here in the U.S. So I look forward to that. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Um, all right, time to move on to the news. Wait, no, no feedback? Feedback. We got feedback. Yeah, feedback. First. All right, so you still didn't make a MMO in a minute, so everyone can I was send... not well this week. Everyone send angry letters to Anna. Pause at rpgamer.com. <laughs> and, oh. uh, what? I was going to say, unless you guys have already got it on the delicious links, there's some interesting World of Warcraft news that we can get to. Oh, yeah, about yes. uh, corgis. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, feedback. Let's do this. Reelin writes into our message board and said, Xenogear, uh, what, the question of the week, I should catch you up, was what game, what old game should get a, uh, what, what game should get a prequel? So uh, Reelin says, Xenogears does not need a direct prequel, but I'd still love to play as Bart's dad and company. I would also love another Xenosaga, that, but that series does not need a prequel. Series sequels would be fine for. As for a Square Enix prequel trilogy, 
I think all those Final Fantasy VII related games count as a prequel trilogy to Final Fantasy VII. Um, if you're asking, what, well, that's not true because one of them happens after it. <laughs> if you're asking whether Square Enix could create another prequel trilogy, well, I really can't think of a Square Enix game that needs one uh, universe that needs one. There are already multiple games for the deeper worlds like Tactics and Twelve, and the episode-like approach worked well enough there. Uh, I suppose though, a prequel trilogy to Final Fantasy Twelve could be made if enough planning went into it. All right. Strawberry Egg says, I thought the uh, Devil, Digital Devil Saga novels was for Digital Devil Story. The original novel series um, the original novel series that the Megami Tensei series is based on. The full title of the first book is Digital Devil Story, Megami Tensei. It would certainly be neat to bring see the start of it all brought over to North America. As for a game I'd like to see a prequel of, um, the most prominent in my mind is Fire Emblem Awakening. I would especially like it to go into spoiler, 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 spoiler. So we aren't going to say that. So <laughs> Seraphim says uh, Ogre Battle needs a prequel. It starts on episode five. Matsuno needs work too before he get, finds uh, happiness doing something that isn't uh, making video games. With Warlords of Draenor, um, again, she, Seraphim moves on to Warlords of Draenor. If I don't know if I'm more worried it'll be irrelevant to the plot or that they'll make it irrelevant, Mists of Pandaria has been the best expansion by far. Yay, Blood Elves defecting from Horde. Yay, Genocidal Jaina. Uh, so Blizzard is doing better with Isaac expansion, but I'm not sold on Draenor yet. Beyond the Dark Portal is one of my least favorite Warcraft games, making a WoW version of it, not including a new class or race, and making it a time travel alternate dimension story seems like a perfect formula to keep me away. All I need to now is to find out that Richard Knack wrote the story. <laughs> Ouch! Knack attack! He got knacked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that last part. But, uh, yeah. Um, Blood Elves defected from the Horde in Panda? Essentially. Where, where did they go? Um, they just became mildly neutral. Because, I mean, don't forget that um, Garrosh hunting down all that crazy stuff. Oh, right. And the well, Blood that means that they're back in the Horde in now. The right, they are. So yeah. the Blood Elves kind of got sacrificed in his yeah. quest for the Woogly Booglies. And they were like, you know what? Forget we you. think you're a jerk and we're kind of out of here. Yeah. And then when um, Wooby Dooby Man took over they were like we're cool with this that's your that that's the name Uh, of the faction leader of the trolls is wooby dooby yeah yeah vulgin vulgin yeah that is is vulgin's new title wooby dooby Dooby. man we're going with that all right wooby dooby <laughs> Hi, Chris. Here's an email. I just finished listening to the latest RPG cast and recalled finding what I believe to be the inspiration to the SMT series, and I thought it might interest you. I found these a couple years back, and I don't remember much of them, but I did make them into a .epub file for easy reading, so I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this, so let's see. Link and link, and I guess there's an EPUB attachment to that email I should go look at. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Somebody sent me, I hope you're reading. I enjoy these and encourage them. I hope to hear you talk about them on the podcast. So I should actually read through what this is. Here's some info on the translations books. So these are translation books of the, maybe the stuff that, uh, what's their face was talking about earlier? Uh, strawberry. Yeah. Megami Tensei stuff. Uh, whoa. That's a giant Hardcore Gaming 101 article about all the Megami Tensei games. And then, let's see, what else do we have here? We have a link to... 
So Hardcore Gaming 101, look for their article on Megaton. You get a lot of history there. And then you can also get, uh, let's see, DDS Translations. Here it is. So if you search for dds-translation.blogspot.ca, uh, you can find, oh my gosh, like all the books being, tr- or, yeah, seven, uh, one book that I guess sets the story for Digital Devil Story. Oh, this is the original Digital Devil Story, which might be what, what is being translated here, right? No? Anna? Jeez. Here, I don't let's know. Go to, let's Strawberry go to is the one we need to ask. No, we're going to go to Amazon. Digital Devil Story. And, oh, we don't want the Japanese. Saga. Uh, Avatar Tuner, is that a ba- oh, Quantum Devil Saga? Yeah, I don't know if that's, if that's based on that. Um, a series inspired by the SMT. No, I think it's a separate thing. So if you want the original Digital Devil Story which is the first book in a trilogy of novels written by Aya Nishitani, who is not the author of uh, this Avatar Tuner thing, which is the new one we were talking about last week that you can get on Amazon for $9.99. So Digital Level Story is translated at this dds-translation.blogspot.ca. Um, you can go check that out there and, uh, and can read some translations. There's also a Megami Tensei wiki that you can go look to that also links to the translation and an edited English version and a French translation as well if you'd prefer to read it in French. So you can go catch up on all this sort of old, um, original uh, Shin Megami Tensei universe backstory. So go read all that, Anna. Um, it's in French. Okay. No? Sure. Okay. Yeah, Wolf, uh, Avatar Tuner is being translated to English. That's what we talked about last week. That's It's available right now on Amazon.com, and you can like buy a copy of the book. Or if you sign up for that Kindle subscription book service, it's uh, it sounds like it's in there as well. So, uh, all right. Oh, thank you, uh, Dylan. That was an email from Dylan. Thank you for telling us about those translations. That's really cool. It's not really a thing for me. I think Anna would actually enjoy reading all that, but uh, she's the SMT expert in the house. She's the one with SMT tattoos on her. Jack Frost. Hee hoo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wait, you, wait. You have a Jack Frost tattoo? She yeah, sure does. It's my biggest tattoo. It's like damn, I, I missed that. Almost the whole size of my her leg. Calf. <laughs> you should send him oh, a picture, Anna. Yeah, I have. Pixar didn't four, happen. Yeah, I have four video game tattoos now. I have a Harvest Moon cow. I have Jack Frost from SMT. I have the Heartless Crest, and I have the Crest of Hyrule. All right. What we have now is a need to get into the news. Hey, hey, why don't you fill me in on this first story about SNK and Square Enix? What is going on here? Me? Hang yeah. on. Yeah, because you're the one who, to- who linked it to me. Oh, they're suing each other, aren't they? Well, yeah. SNK filed a criminal lawsuit against Square Enix for usage of SNK's intellectual property without consent. Uh, it appears in a manga series or something. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so apparently, it's nothing, nothing to do with video games here. Uh, but well, now hold on a second. It 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 is. So it appears that Square Enix, this is from Silicon Era, have infringed upon numerous intellectual properties of SNK Playmore through their popular manga called High School Girl. High which is, Score Girl. High Score Girl, sorry. Which is about arcade gaming featuring various video game characters. So I, I guess they're pulling characters from series that people know. 
Yeah. Um, so there are over 100 instances where characters from King of Fighters and Samurai Showdown were used without consent. Um, so SNK Playmore says they contacted Square Enix and did not get a quote-unquote proper response. Check this out. So the, here's how SNK found out. a criminal lawsuit. No, check out how they found out, though. Okay. So a company was working on making the anime version of the manga and yes. asked SNK for permission to use all the characters and music. And they were like, what? What, are, what is this now? <laughs> so Square Enix apparently didn't... Um, reply properly and now there's a lawsuit and i'm and assuming the, the anime raided on their offices Sweet. in tokyo nice along with other parties but snk is the main one that they're um yeah, that's fighting funny. against so yeah this might get weird i don't know what the fair use is for that sort of stuff yeah if i don't there is know one. they're making money off of it so yeah hmm. okay it's green x can we Square talk Enix about, is manga doing bad. Speaking of Square Enix, can yeah. we talk about Dargan Quest? Yes, tell us about Dargan Quest. So, <laughs> I have a story on this somewhere. Dragon Quest 4, Chapters of the Chosen, came out this week on iOS and Android, North America, Europe, and New Zealand. So um, you, you released to New Zealand or Ireland or Canada a couple days before the other territories just to make sure it's all set up correctly. And it wasn't. So it was actually released as Dargan Quest. D-A-R-G-O-N. Quest. <laughs> it's so the pirate the, spinoff of Dragon Quest. The best Quest. part was, is if you tried to search for Dragon Quest, spelling it correctly, you wouldn't find it. You had to search for it the wrong way. Now, at this point, four days later, it's been changed. Because, yeah, I went up on the New Zealand store on, like, Tuesday, and it's That's now fantastic. Saturday. Quest Dargan Quest 4 by Square Enix. Dar. Dargan. Chapters of the Chosen. So, yeah, it's uh, 14 99 or 13 euros or 1049 pounds. Dargan Quest. Sorry. All right, so. And, and there's a meme, I guess. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. NeoGAF loves. So, everyone this. is like, let's uh, let's make bad spellings of our games, like Bored Lands and Mincecraft and murdered soup suspect. <laughs> I am Daenerys. Okay, I like, that. My I like that last one. Yeah. That Dargan cancer <laughs> and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, we think we're going to go with the cool kids and rename our game Dargan Fantasy Book 1. Also, they want $19 for Dragon Quest 4. No, Eighteen ninety-nine. New Zealand. Oh. What is it here? Fifteen ninety nine. Yes, Ooh, I said better. that. You weren't listening to me. I said all the prices. Oh, who cares? <laughs> New Zealand uses dollars. New Zealand dollars. Yeah, oh, they have New Zealand dollars. There yeah, New just Zealand? like there's Canadian dollars in Canada. Hey, guess what, Anna? I'm on the U.S. store. It says eighteen ninety nine. No, you're not. I am. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> Good call. She's smart. Uh, I'm going to move on to something I do know something about. Hey, the console save process for Diablo 3. All right. You mean the transfer process? Yeah. So yeah. check this out. <clears throat> if you want to transfer your save from Diablo 3 console version to Diablo 3 Lord of Destruction, Lord of Destruction, Reaper of Souls console <laughs> version. Lord of Destruction was a D2 expansion. Sorry. Um, here's, how, here's how it works. So this is coming out August 19th. So you get 10 days till this thing comes out. Here's how it works. You get to transfer. Cross-generation, cross-brand transfers are supported with PS3 and Xbox 360 owners able to transfer their save to PS4 or Xbox One. 
cross-brand transfers are not supported within the same console generation. So you cannot go from 360 to PS3 or PS3 to 360, nor can you go from PS4 to Xbox One or Xbox One to PS4. But I didn't think, is Diablo 3 already out for PS4? So how how would that even work? That's a nonsensical statement, right? There was no PS3 ver- PS4 version of Diablo 3 to begin with, right? Right. So that's that's a okay. That makes no sense in this article. Okay. So if you want to go up a generation, if you want to go across brands. You also have to be going up a generation. If you just want to go from PS3 to PS3, you're fine. If you want to go from 360 to 360, you're fine. And then if you want to go from 360 to PS4 or Xbox One, you're fine. If you want to go from PS3 to three, to, from PS3 to Xbox One or PS4, you're fine. And uh, they've got big long instructions on their their blog posts um, over at uh, Battle.net, and they got all the they've got a full walkthrough. Like you, here, choose your scenario, and uh, we can uh, walk you through how it works. You know, inserting the disc, and then do this, get this patch, and then do that, export and upload, and blah 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 blah. So you can uh, figure out everything you need to do right there on us.battle.net slash d3 slash en slash blog slash 15058023. Or you can use Google and or link from our article on rpgamer.com because that's how the internet works. Links links are good. Uh, let's see. We talked about Dragon Quest Four already. <laughs> and, uh, oh, here's one no one expected. The Spanish Inquisition? No, Etrian Odyssey 2 remake. Yeah, everybody oh. expected that. Nobody expected it. It says, Atlas shocks everyone. It's right there in the title of the story. Yeah, you don't think that's, I don't know, sarcasm? Oh. I read it literal. Chris, Chris your sarcasm detector is broken it is. Like, pretty badly. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, let's see, Atlas announced this. Uh, they teased it last month, and Anna's dropping stuff on the floor. Um... <laughs> It's got a story mode with a pre-made party, and I don't know. Anna says yay, so she's excited for it, and there's a trailer that you can go watch, and I don't know when it's coming out in the U.S. because it hasn't been announced for the U.S. yet, but yeah, I bet you it will come out on the U.S. So, Adrian Odyssey 2 Remake, the end. Pre-made party is what totally made Millennium Girl for me. Oh, is so. it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have played another Adrian Odyssey game again. Lords of Zulema. Who knows what this game is? Uh, Nobody. It's a Kickstarted nope. PC RPG, which have been pretty good lately, judging from things like Divinity. Uh, it's available as early access on Steam starting um, yesterday. It's 17 bucks, and it'll go up in price when the full version comes out. Uh, the early access version has about half of the final game, and that's all I know about it. I have not played this, um, but I want to let you know that PC RPG is out there. Go check out the trailers. See if you can find some write-ups. Hopefully we'll get some impressions up soon, and uh, yeah, it looks like a looks like an old school PC RPG. So if the if the combat's good and the story is good, this could be good. It's got a um, it's got um, so it's got a world you're walking around like kind of isometrically, you know, top downy sort of from an angle, and then the battle system's all first person, like a dungeon crawler or a you know an Etrian Odyssey game, for example. And it looks like the party so far has six people in it, which is a lot. So it's got turn based. Um, with like, you can see the turn order on the side and animated. This looks cool. I'm actually going to go check this out after the show. So Lords of Zulima, X-U-L-I-M-A, Lords of Zulima. Go check that out. Uh, Where do I put that? And we have.
have another story somewhere here. Oh, yes. NIS America has launched the official website for Fairy Fencer F. And swapped the release date. They oh, no, did. we did that last week. No, we didn't. What was that this week? This this okay. week. So not Natural Doctrine, which is that strategy RPG I have trouble remembering the name of every week that looks kind of like Valkyria Chronicles, but could also be really bad. I'm not sure. Um, they've swapped release dates with Fairy Fencer F. So now Fairy Fencer F is coming out on September 16th in North America, 19th in Europe. And then Natural Doctrine is coming out September 23rd in North America, the 26th in Europe. So there you go. Sacred 3 is out. What? Yeah. What? Sacred 3 is out. You know the Sacred series, which is like a Diablo game, only this one doesn't have much loot, which is like, so why am I playing it? I don't know. But uh, Sacred 3 is out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of caught off guard by this. There's not a lot of marketing going on. Nobody seems to know anything about it. Uh, in my mind, it has about as much presence as Lords of Zulema, which we just learned about. So there's videos on our site you can go check out. We got some screenshots, and I don't know. We got a review coming. Um, it better actually be in this show. Yeah, it is. So we got a review up, so you can go read that and find out uh, what we think of Sacred 3. And in a second, when we get to our review block, we can talk about that some more. There was a fall winter Nintendo preview event. Did anybody know of this? It was in Toronto. This is for the Canadians. So they checked out uh, uh, Fantasy Life at the event. And you can read Sam and Becky's impressions of it. Do you like Toronto, Anna? Yeah. No? I said yeah. I know. I'm just teasing you. (laughs) So Fantasy Life is a game that Anna really, 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 really wants to play. So you must be bitter that you're not in Canada and couldn't go to this. No. Oh, because you were nowhere near Toronto. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's see. That's uh, there's demo. You can read the impressions of that. I am closer to Toronto now than I was living in Vancouver. (laughs) I know. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, I had to fly across country to get to Vancouver from Toronto. Uh, let's see. We've got an interview up that, uh, let's see, who did this interview? Uh, there's no credit. Okay. That RP Gamer did with the, oh, Jonathan Stringer did it. Okay, good. Hey, Jonathan. So he did an interview with the Stoic Studio, so you can go read that on the site now. Stoic Studio, if you don't know, are the people who released Banner Saga, which is a freaking awesome game, and I can't wait for the second episode to come out. So go check out the, that interview. In addition, we also have an import impression of uh, the Dragon Quest 7 remake. Michael Apps lets us know how that works over in Japan, and if you should be like begging Square Enix to bring it out here or not, so you can kind of get a feel for that. It's not an import review, it's an import impression. I don't know why that is. I guess he hasn't finished it yet, so you go check that out. Um, we also have an impression of Disgaea 4, A Promise Revisited. That's the, uh, Michael Apps put that out as well. That's uh, the PS, bleh, PS Vita game. That's a uh, port of Disgaea 4, uh, the game that Chris is anxiously awaiting to come to uh, PlayStation Plus so he doesn't have to pay for it, because that's how I get Disgaea games nowadays. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? All right. Um, we have a review up of Rogue Legacy by Sam Marcello. She liked it. Hint. That's a roguelike. Go check that out. I like Rogue Legacy as well. It's a very fun little game. Sacred 3, we've got... Oh, boy. Oh, so I just saw the score of the review, folks. You really should read the review. 
Oh boy. Yeah, I think we'll leave it with that. Oh. Oh. Let's go read that review later. Let's mark that for later. That'll be fun to read. All right, we got a review up of Divinity Original Sin. Glenn likes it. Good. That's all I need to hear. Um, I'm already playing it. I know I like it. So we'll move on from there. So we have like a million Pokemon stories. Yes. And they're all next to each other for the most part. Yay. I tried to make a Pokemon block. Okay. So there's actually one on here. There's actually one more than the one you have on here. Well, it might be up further in the list because I found it later, <laughs> but go for it. Um, okay. So Pokemon X and Y are going to get new Mega Evolution Pokemon. Ooh, they're adding it? Yes, so you download those later this month from the eShop. Who are they? Pinsir? And and Heracross. Thank you. Okay. Oh, and you have to go to GameStop to get a code to download the Megastone? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's the only bummer. Okay. What else we got? Um, (laughs) Let's... There's... There's an outbreak of Pikachu in Japan. Like, there's a video with Pikachus walking all over Japan, which I recommend you just go watch, because... Or is it in France? No, it's in Japan. Like, there's just Pikachus. They swarm Japan's Akaranga Park in Yokohama. and It was celebrating the uh, 17th movie, but there's Pikachu all over the place. Pikachu everywhere. Also, Surfing Pikachu is coming to X and Y. Yeah. But... Only in Only Japan. in Japan. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Well, we maybe it'll come out here if you're patient. Just not announced here yet. Hey, hey, let me make you happy. Okay. PokemonCenter.com is now open and you can order plushies to have be delivered to your house. Yay! So Anna, go to PokemonCenter.com and take a look if there are any plushies you care about. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm waiting for Christmas. I went to PokemonCenter.com and I am sorely disappointed because the male carrying Pikachu is not offered for sale. Oh, I'm sorry. That is the one plushie I want from the, all this promotional stuff is the <laughs> mailbag P- Pikachu, and I see it nowhere. Very upset um, about that. Very, just totally. I'm so upset, I'm going to go set up a Twitch channel where, like, a fish plays Pokemon. Oh, wait, I people, can't because it's already happened. And people keep complaining the fish is dead. The fish is not dead. It's sleeping. If you go to twitch.tv slash fish, fish plays Pokemon, you can watch a fish who, depending where it swims around in its tank, activates a different direction or button and progresses the game of Pokemon. There are 14,000 people playing it last night. It's more popular than Twitch plays Pokemon now. And yeah, it's kind of awesome. Fish plays Pokemon. You got to see it just to see how he pulled it off. Yeah, that's it's. Oh my god! It'll take you five minutes. It'll take you a minute to get the experience, and then you can move on with your life. I think it's cool though. Uh, we have a video of a Canadian. Well, not, we don't have it. I think Polygon has it. A video of a Canadian who goes to Roppongi in Japan and eats at the Pikachu Cafe. No? No one cares? All right. Well, if you want to see what it's like to eat a Pokemon, a Pokeball rice ball <laughs> or a Pikachu-shaped hamburger, uh, you can go uh, check out that video, and they bought all the food. And it's kind of creepy, actually, but I'd eat it. Yeah. What do you think, John? Would you go to the Pikachu Cafe? No, I'd rather go to the Gundam Cafe. The Gundam Cafe? Not the Final Fantasy fourteen Cafe? No, I might want to go to that, too. Okay. So, the no Pikachu. How about all three? 
Uh, no, nah, I think I'll just stick with <laughs> just Gundam gonna, and Final you're Fantasy. Just, you're never going to leave the Gundam cafe is what you're gonna, is, is the truth, hey, right? Hey, I actually, considering what I've read of their menu, I think it's actually one of the few times. I might actually try alcohol again for the first time in ten years. Oh, jeez. Just to get Gundam drinks? Uh, just to try out a couple of their it, cocktails. It, it will not taste like science fiction, all right? Just, you're not going to eat and then suddenly pilot a mecha. So I don't know what... Stop, stop crushing my dreams, I'm Chris. sorry. <laughs> Even uh, I'm disappointed now. <laughs> well, have I got the game for you. If you want to play a Pokemon game that isn't a Pokemon game, you can spend a dollar on the iPad and play... Or the iPhone. And play Micromon, which is uh, an obvious Pokemon ripoff game. No? It's a fully animated monster catching game. I tried to show you this, and you were completely uninterested. Yeah, in it. I was completely uninterested but it's because a it is a blatant rip-off. Pokemon ripoff. But it's only a dollar. But there are free to play transactions. Well, I guess they're just microtransactions in the game as well. So, so there's two other Pokemon stories. Yeah, um, there is um, a new Mega. They revealed a new Mega evolution for um, Omega. Beldum. Yeah. Yeah, we're, um, what's up with that? I don't know because I <laughs> Silicon Arrow's mark- offline. Well, I booked market on two different sites, and neither of them are working right now. Well, um, let's go off the headline. <laughs> Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire have a shiny Beldum and some more Mega Evolutions. That's all I can tell you because the site's offline. <laughs> also, there are old Pokemon games that are oh, still. Solid. There it is. It's back. Okay. Let's see. Um, Mega Altaria and Mega Lopini. Yes, Lopini is getting a Mega Evolution. I and, saw that. And then Mega Salamence with uh, Aerial. Oh, yeah. I've, there's been lots of pictures of the Mega Evolution of Altaria. They basically stick an Altaria into a real cloud. Yeah. It's been kind of awesome. It's been all over Tumblr. <laughs> cool. I want to see some of those. You know, link them to me. <laughs> Um, what was the other uh, Pokemon story? Um, it's like Pearl in one of the other old games. So still Silver, I think oh, they're I... still selling. That's not a story. It is because it's like 150,000 copies oh, each in the cares? last year. That's kind of a big deal. That's no, an old, isn't. old game. It's an old Pokemon game. Of course they're selling. Yeah, but they're selling a lot. That's eh, the story. That's not a lot. That's... We can carry on, however. All right. We Digimon. About- <laughs> Speaking of Pokemon, <laughs> let's move on to Digimon. Digimon All Star Rumble. It's coming to 360 and PS3. Um, I don't really know what's happening in this game. I just saw Digimon. We got to put that with the Pokemon block. It's a four-player Digimon, combat. Digimon was always better, anyway. Is this Smash Brothers with Digimon? I think so. I think it is. Uh, we don't know if it's a digital download or a retail release. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the... Oh, gosh, whatever. Um, let's move on to Legend of Zelda. <laughs> da, 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 da. So the first story is Chris had to pre-order a Monopoly game this week because it's themed on Zelda and GameStop has a pre-order bonus for it. I pre-ordered a board game from GameStop. I feel terrible. No, you know, because it's for me. No, I feel terrible because I should be pre-ordering board games from my local board game store like i'm bored you know and do you feel a little dirty i do i should be getting board game money to a board game store a local gaming store not to GameStop. <sighs> you can take a the spirit train if you want okay yep you don't care all right you just want pokemon you just want pokemon you want um zelda monopoly 
and you want it now. <laughs> Let's see. Instead of the trains, you get Epona, the Spirit Train, Loftwing, or the King of Red Lions. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, free parking. They still have free parking and in jail. <laughs> I don't know why. They couldn't come up with anything for those. This <sighs> It's just Monopoly. But it's Zelda! Uh, Hyrule Warriors had a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Nobody cares? Okay. Anna, don't you care? What? Hyrule Warriors, Nintendo Direct. Yeah, I cared, and it was cool, but the problem is, is that we're not getting the scarf. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to the scarf yet, but let's start with what we do get. First off, if you're a Club Nintendo member, you get, well, first off, Ganon's in the game. And if yeah, you're a Club Nintendo member, if you're a Nintendo Club Nintendo member, you get a special skin for him. Um, you also have uh, Zant, Girahim, Zelda, Link, Darunia, Impa, Fee, Lana, Midna, Sheik, Agatha, and Princess Ruto. That's like all the confirmed characters so far. Um, they also confirmed that Amiibo will not work with Hyrule Warriors. I thought it was cool that they have like three villains in the game. Yes. Yeah. Um, additionally, there's this weird mode where you get to like go through a map like it's an old Zelda game, like the original Legend of Zelda, and then you like as you unlock things on that map, you go into a battle that's in the Hyrule Warriors engine. I don't know what's going on with that, but that's kind of weird. That's cool. Uh, additionally, you can just watch the Nintendo Direct if you missed it. And there is a cool collector's edition in Europe that we won't get here. That ah. comes with the scarf that Link's wear, Link wears in the game. <laughs> Anna literally is crying about it. She asked me earlier this week, she asked me, Chris, do you mind if I get in on a pre-order of the, <laughs> the European version of the game so that I can get the scarf? And I asked her, Anna... Can you play that version of the game on our system? And she said, no, no. <laughs> I just want the scarf. I said, no, Anna, you are insane because you could probably crochet your own scarf that's better than that. I hate, I hate knitting. She shut me down at that point. We are not by importing the game for the scarf. It doesn't even look like that great of a scarf. Hey, hey, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be getting the collector's edition? Um, maybe. Do remember that I don't have a Wii U, although I am thinking of getting one. She wants to pay you the difference and have you send her the scarf. Maybe. Uh, well, you see, the thing is, I think if I got the Plex edition, I'd probably hold on to the scarf. Ah! <laughs> Everyone now, wants the scarf. Now, she sent me enough money to pay for buy for it by a second one. No, but no, that's the same situation I'm in, in that I'm shooting her down on. No. She needs somebody who's going to buy the regular edition that she can send the difference to. Uh, well, Which it's isn't be John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next story. All right. Now some bad news. Sorry, but Wasteland 2 has been delayed. It'll be uh, first or second week of September now. Oh, well. Because of fulfillment of the physical goods and discs. Yep. See, physical goods are not good for Kickstarter. That's... All right, whatever. All right. XCOM Enemy Unknown is going to get a board game. What? XCOM the board game, including iPad version of the board game. <laughs> so I don't know what's up with that. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. 
You need the iPad to play the game. It is a companion app to keep track of play. It requires the companion app. So you need like, I'm I'm hoping it's Android and iOS. I know it's at least iOS and the board game in order to keep track of what's going on. Yeah. Let's see. The app's primary function is to coordinate the escalating alien invasion, randomly selecting from one to five different impla- invasion plans. Um, each invasion plan represents a general outline that the alien commanders will use to coordinate the arrival of new UFOs, plan strikes against your base, and respond to your successes or failures as it seeks to conquer Earth. The app manages all these tasks and heightens the game's tension as it forces you to respond in real time. So, let's see. Uh, It's Fantasy Flight is making the game, and you can play up to four players or solo. And I I assume it is a co-op game because of how that's working with the Alien Invasion Force. So, hmm. Let's see. We covered that already. World of Warcraft is giving everybody molten lava corgis. They look adorable. They do look adorable. They're calling them fire corgis. It's anyone who logs in during the 10th anniversary celebration later this year will get a fire corgi. Or molten corgi. Whatever. Molten corgi. Oh, because Morton, Cor- oh, Morton Core. Molten Core. Molten so now it's the molten corgi. Dear Lord, did it take you that long to figure it out? Yeah. To be fair, I, I didn't catch it for the first 20 minutes. Molten Corgi. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you get an achievement and stuff. So and... they're going to make um, LFR up to the current level, whatever that is the time, and you will be able to go Who's the boss party. of Molten Core? Ragnaros. Ragnaros. Wait, didn't they already re-up Ragnaros or Molten yes. Core once? No, yeah, they in did... Cataclysm. Yeah, no, they, did. they did. No, it's not Molten Core. But they had yeah, you could no, fight Ragnaros. They resurrected. They resurrected yes, Ragnaros. Ragnaros was they're, they're, moved. All oh. they're doing is they're basically adding um, molten core to the LFR system with all forty people. Oh, from- so you replay molten core. If you beat it, you get a core hound mount. Ooh, fireproof pants. Not. I think they also. I think they may also be adjusting it for level nineties as well. Yeah. I... The the implication is that they would adjust it to whatever max level is the time, which I think people are taking to be level ninety. It depends yes. if it comes out pre or post expansion, right? right? It's uh, the it's way, that, yeah. The way that they phrased it is really ambiguous, and some people took it as, "Oh, the expansion is definitely going to be out by then," and some people took it as, "Oh, the expansion is definitely not going to be out by then." So we'll see. We will also see what oh, happens and, oh, here. Oh, go ahead. The, the other thing that they're adding is a 100v100 PvP map, which is based on South Karen Shore Mill v versus Hill. South Shore. I'm cool. so excited about this. I used to PvP there. It was where world PvP basically happened. Yes. Uh, the only problem was is if you didn't want to PvP and wanted to fly into South Shore to go to um, Scarlet Monastery, for example... Yeah, it sometimes made my computer crash back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Oh, I remember back in the day where we didn't used to sue companies for having bad graphics in their games, but apparently that's no longer the case. Somebody is suing Sony because Killzone Shadowfall doesn't have 1080p graphics in multiplayer. Yes, it runs at 960 by 1080 as opposed to 1920 by 1080 
um, because during multiplayer, and it was advertised in the box or something that it should have it, and you can see the brief from the lawsuit, which is ridiculous because it goes into detail about how the plaintiff bought the game from Best Buy using the free <laughs> pickup service and stuff because legal stuff is wonderfully detailed. And oh my, yes. On on the same subject as 1080p. Diablo 3 will run 1080p on an X-Bone and a PS4. With a day one patch. Yes. You so it's not it. there now, but it will be. Yes. All right, John, you know, we were talking earlier about Mass Effect, right? Yep. And Mass Effect had, uh, you know, the third third ending. You, you were okay with it. I wasn't so okay with it. The doctors are gone. Also, Bioware announced this week that Casey Hudson has left Bioware, which they being the executive producer of uh of mass effect that seems like uh the future games are going to feel a bit different don't you think oh quite possibly i, I i'm not going to place any sort of i have to remember that i got into the original mass effect was because someone actually gave me a chance of playing it on their um uh 360 it was yeah. the first game i played on the xbox 360 and that was before i invested any money in it um so yeah and to be honest, I kind of bought into arguably the most divisive game in the series under full knowledge that people said the ending was terrible. Yeah. So. yeah that's okay. So there's a, you know, Mass Effect, Casey Hudson gone. That's, um, I don't know if that's good news or bad news. Just changes. Are, is anyone from Bioware still at Bioware? That's my question. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we just getting into the Perseus ship paradox? What's that? Uh, the at least it's, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's the one where you have a an original Greek ship or whatever, and then um, as it breaks down over time, you replace bits of it, and then eventually do you still have the original ship after you've replaced everything in it? Oh. Now we've gotten metaphysical. So is Bioware still Bioware if you've replaced every member of staff in it? Ah, uh, it's still named Bioware. But uh, as far as what gamers care about, I don't know that it necessarily is. As far as putting out the same kind of games that you know and love. But they still could put out good games, potentially, maybe. And, you know, we know they'll probably be focused on RPGs. That's something. But I don't know. So big changes come to Bioware then. Or already came. <laughs> but we've known that for a while. Persona fighting game. You guys remember that? Yeah, Has it's a date coming now. out September 30th. And what do you get? You get uh, you get Adachi as DLC. You get Maria's DLC, but free only for the first week. Yes, and also announced this week, um, Margaret is going to be de- is uh, going to be playable in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Is she DLC or in the game? I, I don't know. Sure. It's on Silicon Arrow, which is not responding well this morning. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but I do know that. Oh, here we go. She'll be playable. And as a DLC character, but no idea if she'll be free or if you have to pay for her. So, yeah, you might have to pay. Uh, the deal, you know what I'm still concerned about? So they finally announced a date for his Persona 4 game, but they haven't told us what more is coming to the special edition. They've still got that and more come thing going on. When are they going to announce that? Uh, probably when the game's about to come out. I don't want them to screw up like Twitch did this week. Oh, Twitch really screwed the pooch this week. Screw Twitch. Everyone should know this by now. We we stream on Twitch, but Twitch this week said, "Hey, we're gonna partner with a company 
that's going to automatically mute licensed music that shouldn't be streaming with uh, your game broadcasts. It's like, okay, so we knew that eventually the the free copyright violation um, nirvana that has been Twitch streams that was going to come to an end at some point, right? Well, the problem is that they... They silenced a bunch of stuff that was valid. Twitch's own channel was affected. Dota 2's channel was affected. Official PlayStation channels were affected. Affected. People who have the rights to stream their their own games audio. Um, Non-licensed things or things that were just part of the game audio were affected. And a game called Crypt of the Necrodancer, a game I've played and love. I actually played it in the last week. I forgot to mention it earlier. Crypt of the Necrodancer, it's awesome. Go get it and play it. It's a cool roguelike with music. And you have to move on the beat. Oh, it's good. All right. So Crypt of the Necrodancer doesn't have a release soundtrack. Is not a final game. People are streaming it on Twitch, and the game's being muted on them. It should it, be pointed. It should be pointed out at least that the muting is only occurring on broadcast on um, VODs. What, what VODs? Yeah. After yeah, the, yeah, and they also announced this week that they aren't going to let you just keep VODs for forever. Except now that they had another announcement that said, no, never mind, we'll let you save forever now. So here was the thing is like Thursday, they announced a whole bunch of changes, which was um, um, highlights were not were only going to be maintained for two days for non partners and 30 days for partners. Mm -hmm. They were going to mute music. And that basically created a giant shitstorm of doom. So Friday, they held an AMA. <laughs> and basically... Um, oh, you told me about this AMA. Yeah, it did not go well. But they, their PR, or whoever does their PR, whoever does their community management, I do not think they have a good grasp on their job. <laughs> on their job. Because they clearly didn't have good answers prepared for some of this stuff. It's like, why didn't you guys... I mean, here was the thing is, um, a bunch of the people who's like Crypt of the Necrodancer and a bunch of other developers whose music was muted and they didn't want it to be, um, came to the AMA and were like, why did, I, why did you mute our music? We didn't opt in. And why is there not an opt out? And the answer that the Twitch CEO gave is, no version one is perfect. It's currently sitting at something like 850 damn votes. That's a terrible answer. Yeah, that is a pretty terrible answer. They finally added a button where you can protest the uh, muting. And so now they have what? So as of Saturday, so we are now two days into this controversy, air quote. Um, they have rolled back the highlighting. And... Um, they have put the the button in that you can fight the muting, and they say more changes are to come. <laughs> I hope so. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, more changes as Twitch degenerates into the gaming unfriendly atmosphere that YouTube already is. And uh, in other news, Hitbox.tv sort of has a one thousand percent increase in <laughs> subscribers. Yes, and Although, somebody course- has the RP Gamer count already. I don't know how to get it. It's frustrating. As you mentioned. Yeah. Um, although, of course, the thing is, is um, any site that starts to get particularly large is probably going to have to stare down the same thing every same thing. single time. If you don't show that you care about copyright, they're just going to come after you with lawyers. <sighs> Anna, game you care about that we cover on the podcast, not because it's an RPG, but because we love it. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies. 
yes. is coming to iOS. Yes. Soon. Which I'm kind of excited about because I thought that this was the kind of the perfect kind of game to stream, but I can't stream retail 3DS games. So, <coughs> I so you're going to play through it again. That. I'm seriously thinking about it. Hmm. I wonder how much it'll cost. Uh, that's going to be the caveat. Yeah. It is. So we'll see. If you're interested in seeing me stream that, leave us a comment. And I mean, if you're interested in seeing me stream anything in particular, feel free to always leave us a comment. I'm actually trying to decide. I want to do a um, a pause place World of Warcraft series, but I haven't decided if I want to do it on a server that I'm established on or a server that I've never played on before to make it harder or yeah, air quote more true to what a real to what a new player would be like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you have any thoughts, suggestions on that, feel free to tweet me. A.M. Privateer. I want you on a on a PvP server, no question. <sighs> PvP roleplay. <laughs> and you have to roleplay during the stream, because I think it'll be that much more fun to watch. Mm. It's, Anna, think of it as entertainment value. You should be having fun with it. I don't want to go to Goldshire on, a P, on an RP server. Well, so don't make a human. Hmm. But Isn't that the easy if answer? If I make a dwarf or a gnome, then I have to go to the tram. So make a hordy. Oh. Or make a wolf. Razor Hill? Make a wolf. Mm, yeah. It, basically, I'd make a panda. Oh, panda. There you go. Oh, and it, but you have to be a druid. Why? Be- because you have to pause plays with kitties. Yeah. <laughs> That was terrible, Chris. Okay. I was just reading the chat. <laughs> I didn't even think it was that funny, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dragon Quest Monsters <laughs> is getting a new game. They Yay. said it's in development, and that's all we know. So sorry to tease you like that. But yeah, there's a new Dragon Quest Monsters game in, in development. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, what platform, anything. I'm willing to bet it'll be mobile, but who knows? I'm willing to bet we won't get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they wouldn't give us the nice mobile version. Oh, what the heck? Secret of Mana is on sale till t- uh, tomorrow <laughs> for $3.99. That's the iPhone version of the game. And it's coming out on uh, Android later this fall. So if you like Secret of Mana, yay. Final Fantasy Eleven is getting a new update. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Still updating that game. I, nobody yep. cares, right? <laughs> Just hey, I know. still play it occasionally. Yeah, there's an August 2014 version update, including a bunch of uh, stuff nobody cares about. New job point categories, new equipment, new characters to fight beside, new ROE objectives. I don't even know what ROE is. Oh, uh, crap. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. Let's talk about something much more interesting. Bravely Default has a figure for um, Magnolia Arch, which is the game's protagonist. So you can, you can, get, uh, you can buy her figure for 100 bucks. is what it looks like it's going to cost. Uh, this is in Japan only. Just so you know. And it'll come with a DLC code, um, but we don't know what the code's for. So you'll want to buy this figure and import it with your Japanese imported version of Bravely Default 2nd. And, and then play second. it on your 3DS, LL. <laughs> your Japanese-only 3DS. And Okay, never mind. Kemco's got a new RPG coming. Chris Dorano, which has 20 different job classes. And it has an you're sucked into an alternate world, which has summoned you to stave off the Demon King. It looks like a multi-job sort of Dragon Questy game. So go check that out. It is out now on Android. It's free to download and try. 
No idea when it's coming to iOS or if it's coming to iOS. But Cristareno, that's C-R-Y-S-T-A-R-E-I-N-O. I look forward to the uh, Natsume retranslation. We don't retranslate all of their games. I know, but the ones you do tend to be good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I should play some of them <laughs> before I say that, shouldn't I? Check it. <laughs> I'm just supporting you because you're my wife. Thanks. I'm biased. Bandai Namco has announced Super Robot Tyson OG Saga Maso Kishin F Coffin of the End. <sighs> the first chapter of that, rather. Which is called Fallen World. Do you have you been following this, John? Vaguely. So, Super Robot Tyson OG Saga Maso Kishin F Coffin of the End Episode One Fallen World will be coming out August twenty eighth for the PS three. You gonna import it? Um. Well, it might actually be a good idea if I finish the previous game, but um, oh, okay. there is there is one character whose addition to that game is important. Important. Okay. Yes. Um, basically, a vital plot character from the last uh, mainline original generations game, the oh, one nice. released on the PS3. Are we supposed um, to keep track of all this stuff? It, some of us have been. Is there like a timeline for this that's even longer than the Kingdom Hearts timeline somewhere? I actually, it does sort of tempt me to put together a, a, the similar to the Kingdom Hearts one. We should bring back RPG guides on the site and launch it with that. What, you mean like a 150-page Google Docs document that basically outlines the entirety yes. of the series? Yes, that, That'll be uh, our launching piece for, for the return of RPG guides. <laughs> the, the feature no one wants anymore because there are other sites where we can go for that. All right, so OG Saga, that's, that's a thing. Chaos Rings 3 is still coming. Uh, that is a Media.Vision's mobile RPG series. That's the one that Square Enix... Um, you know, publishes on iOS, and it is, uh, it's got, there's character reveals, it's coming out on iOS, Android, and PlayStation Vita on October 16th, but no announcement of the West, but so far all the Chaos Ring games have been localized to English, all three of them, so this will be the third, well, I guess it'll be the fourth one, but it'll be called three, oh, whatever, Chaos Rings game. Screen X is holding a sale. When does that sale end, Anna? Um, I don't recall. It's on right now on PSN. Dissidia. Probably Tuesday. It'll probably be over like by the time I get this podcast up. Dissidia. Dudesham is $9.99. Dudesham. Dudesham. It's been a while since I'm saying it. I got to get it right. Dissidia. 012. Dudesham. Final Fantasy. PSP. $9.99. Dissidia is also $9.99. But Dudesham includes all of Dissidia in it. So why would you buy the first one separately? The answer is you wouldn't. Final Fantasy 3 for the PSPs, $9.99. I don't even remember when that version came out, but it's a thing. Um, Final Fantasy 4, the complete collection. This is the 2D version, not the iOS versions that are in 3D. This is the 2D version. It's $99. Tactics War of the Lions, $4.99. And a bunch of other old PS1 games are $4.99. And then Lightning Returns is $25. And 10.10.2 HD Remaster is $20. It's for PS3 and Vita, but you have to buy them separate, don't you? Yeah, I think that's why they dropped the price. Yeah, so 20 bucks for the PS3 version, 20 bucks for the Vita version, and then you can cross-play between the two. Correct. Yeah. Which we did. We picked that up, so now you can cross-play. Thank you. Go, Anna. All right, so Square Enix sale. That's, that's, that wasn't a bad sale. 
And then I linked this awesome article in our delicious, by the way, delicious.com slash rpgamer slash 316 brings you to this week's notes. Up near the top is a Silicon Era story that you should go check out because it got all the Persona 3 stage play people in costume. Check out professional cosplay for the stage play Persona 3, The Weird Masquerade, The Ultramarine Labyrinth, which is scheduled to begin September 16th through September 23rd at Tokyo's Theater 1010. That's right. So you can check out. This is this is this is official costume cosplay. Check out. These are good. Anna, can you make these costumes? <laughs> no. I love the costumes. I absolutely hate the look on every single person's faces here because they're so over. They are so overacting in these photos that it doesn't look anything like what those characters should look like, in my opinion. But whatever. I disagree. Okay. I. It's the it's the Sonata one. Just I want to slap him. Like that is not how his face would look. What are you doing, Fuka? Actually, I take that back. Fuka needs, like, what? What are you doing? What are you looking looking at? She's looking sad. She's not looking sad. She's looking up and she's got her hand hanging. Like she's, what is that? And Ikutsuki, Ikutsuki, like, what are you doing with your finger? I give up. Uh, We talked about Sufu and Pikachu, right? Yeah. Um, only in Japan. And there was another video. All these Pikachus walking around. Uh, Burning Blade. So here's one you haven't heard about. Burning Blade, it's a Diablo-like MMORPG for Android phones. So that means Anna and I can't play it. Um, Suckers. Yeah. <laughs> I like the comparison here. It's in the vein of Diablo or Dragon Nest. Like, people have played Dragon Nest. I know what that is. Um, Dragon Nest was really popular for a while. For like a week? Longer than that. Two weeks? <laughs> hey, Wolf had the same reaction to their expressions as me. Mm-hmm. The costumes are awesome. Alright, we talk about the the shinies. Final Fantasy Record Keeper continues to look awesome. What, Anna? Final Fantasy Record Keeper is a dumb name? Okay, she walks away. Uh, so this is... This is the smartphone game where you help Desi, a student working under Dr. Mog, to enter paintings which contain memories of various Final Fantasy games. By entering Final Fantasy VII's painting, for example, you can unlock characters from that game and bring them into other Final Fantasy games. So that's how you can get Kane and Snow to help you fight Dark Knight Cecil or or Magic Tech Armor or something like that. Whatever. So that's going to come out in iOS and Android soon in Japan. I don't know when it's coming here, if it's coming here. Hopefully it's coming here because it looks awesome. It's you're playing. It's going to all the Final Fantasy games and recruit them for a 2D Final Fantasy experience. And everyone's got a sprite and that's the right way. And also you're working for Dr. Mog. Hello. That's kind of awesome. Okay, whatever. Nobody cares. You don't care, John. What? Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Uh, it sounds kind of interesting. Okay, thank you. Kind of interesting. <laughs> Hopefully interesting will be the next Yakuza game. Sega will be showing it off on August 24th in Japan, of course. No idea when it'll be coming out here. And we talked about the scarf. So that means it's time for us to talk about what's coming out next week. All right. And yeah, the Screenix sale ends on August 11th. So jump on that. You got two days from when this podcast is being recorded. So get on that. This week for the PS3 and... Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. This is... Is this right? Yeah, this is right. Okay. This week, 
Ocubus Trip, Undead and Undressed is on PSN and uh, PS3 and uh, what Vita, right? Yeah. Hulkum comes out for PlayStation Network for PS3 and PS4. That's the weird game where you fly around and kind of do weird things and see weird music and I don't... There's a lot of weirdness going on there. PS4 gets Surgeon Simulator 2013. John's going to buy that, right? I don't have a PS4. Oh, well, you should get on that. The Wii U gets Cybernator. What? Mega Man 5, as they've been releasing like a Mega Man a week for a while, or a month or a week for a while there. Super Mario Kart. So the Super, the SNES version, um, except that you can play the nice Mario Kart 8 on your Wii U. So what? All right. I guess if you want to. What is this? 3DS gets Mysterious Murasame Castle. That sounds mysterious and intriguing. Murasame Castle. Nobody knows what that is? I'll look it up for you right now. Mysterious Murasame Castle. Oh, okay. It's a video game produced by Nintendo for the Famicom. Wait, so is that coming out here? Are we getting that in the U.S.? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're getting a Japanese game here. It must be uh, import friendly. Cool. So go play an old NES game on your 3DS. <laughs> uh, let's see. PS Vita gets uh, Disgaea 4, we mentioned earlier. Gravity Crash Ultra. Uh, Hohokum, as we mentioned. And Phantom Breaker Battlegrounds. I don't know what that is. And John is clicking a lot on something. Clicky, clicky, clicky. Oh, now he stopped. I'll meet my microphone. Oh, okay. That's what happened. All right. <laughs> and PC gets a bunch of games. Another Perspective. Captain, oh wait, Crip, Cricket Captain, that ah. Cricket Captain 2014, DCS F86F Saber, Frontline Road to Moscow, Gamers Go Makers. What is that? Gamers Go Makers? What? I got to see what that one is. Gamers Go Makers. Gamers Go Makers. In Gamers Go Makers, you found a little company creating the first video games in history. Oh, it's another game dev story. Okay. It's another game dev story clone. King's Bounty Dark Side. New King... Oh, Anna's been waiting for that one. She just cheered from the other room. Lord of Zulema, we talked about earlier. Mega Coin Squad. Mini Metro. Overruled. What is that? Is that a Phoenix Wright clone? Overruled. Steam. Uh, Let's see. It is a multiplayer brawler like no other. Players change the rules as they play, directly influencing... So it's a brawler. Never mind. Um, Stoner... Stoner ID. S-T-O-N... Stonerid? Stonerid. The Terminal 2. Not to be confused with Terminator 2. Victory at Sea and War on Falvos. So that's what's coming out this week. John, what will you be playing in the coming week? John, unmute your microphone, John. Yeah, thanks for reminding me, Chris. <laughs> uh, um, eh, probably the same thing I've been playing this week. Oh, Can't think of any more elite, uh, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, probably just tuning the controls and stuff, getting used to them before the game comes out properly. <laughs> you're you're training. You realize you're training for this game. And yeah, okay, all right. Well, so. it's less training and more making sure that when the game does actually come out, that I have a control scheme that doesn't cause an endless amount of frustration. That sounds like training to me, Anna. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What, what will you be playing this week, Anna? Um, King's Bounty. Uh huh. And Style Savvy. 
and Harvest Moon, The Lost Valley. All right. Same stuff you've been playing this week, except some King's Bounty sprinkled in. Yes. I only started playing Stall Savvy last night, so it's not like I was playing it all week. So I will probably stick to what I've been playing. Nothing new for me here, so... Except now oh. I'm hooked on Monster Hunter. I'm so dumb. What? You know what I've been playing this week? No. Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Yeah, you've been streaming it. Yeah. I've yeah, been you totally forgot really about it. late at night, though. Yeah. So Anna's been doing late night pause plays of Thousand Year Door. She'll continue to do that. You can follow them at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, where we still have the rpgamer account, unlike <laughs> hitbox.tv, where we won't. And Chris is bitter about it. So subscribe to that and follow her. Oh, not subscribe. We don't have the subscription because we're not a partner. Just, Just follow. follow. You'll get notified on the apps and stuff when she goes live. So you can watch it live or go check the VODs and maybe they'll be muted. Maybe they won't be. <laughs> so far, so good, right? So far, so good. So far, so good. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rpgamer. You can uh, follow us on Facebook is rpgamer as well. Um, you can send us an email, podcast.rpgamer.com, where we can respond to your questions right here on the show. You can also leave us a message at board.rpgamer.com. What should they do while they're there, Anna? What's our What's our question of the week? Ooh, what is our question of the week? Yeah, nobody knows. We should really come up with these in advance. <laughs> well... Um. Yeah. Mega evolutions. Okay. Do you care? Yeah. Ooh. Or which ones should get? Uh, which Pokemon should get one next? Yes. Okay. Which Pokemon should get a Mega Evolution next? Who doesn't have one that should have one? In your opinion, all right. And if you don't care about Mega Evolutions, tell us. You I'm gonna. Know. I'm gonna limit. You got to pick one. Yes. One, please. One. Not like eight. Yeah. Skarmory. Skarmory. That's, that's oh, my. You already made your pick. Ooh, all right. That's that a good would one. be a good one. That's a good one. All I right. I want um. Bear tick. Bear tick? Okay. Yeah. That reminds me. I got to finish re- watching those Pokemon episodes. Yeah. We want to get caught up so we can get into the X and Y series. Sounds good. We're still in the black and white episodes. <laughs> but at least we're on season two, right? Yeah, except that there's two more little seasons after season two. Well, that's okay. Okay. It's, it's the thing we want And then we'll be in X and Y. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Shut up. We're all right. All right. All right. All right. I got to go what? Read this horrible review of Sacred Three. <laughs> All right. Hey, if it makes you feel better, it's worse everywhere else. I think we gave a we gave it a higher score. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. Remember, we stream live nine a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern every week, and uh, also we have a phone number six zero eight two seven two nine four zero nine eight That's six zero eight. Give them your real number. Yeah, almost. 608-729-4098. There's been no calls for weeks. I know you're all introverted RP gamers, but you should really call in and tell us your Pokemon pick. Hey, I'm I'm putting out a call of action to the Pause Fan Club. Yeah, that's right. Pause Fan Club fans, members. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Until then, everybody. Thanks for watching. And thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, too. Bye. Bye.